this is probably the most sophisticated fraud engineering scheme that we've seen in the financial services world to date. Welcome back to the Facts About Packs podcast. I'm Adam Belmar flying solo today while Michaela Isler is on assignment. You know, I read this week that AI is, will be speeding up scientific discoveries and helping to spot new ideas. And I also read this week that New York City Mayor Eric Adams is using AI to make robocalls in his own voice in several languages he doesn't actually speak. So yeah, I'm thinking about AI again, folks, especially when it comes to the one area where everybody in the employee-funded and business trade association pack space face the same risk, banking. So I want to know, is AI changing the fraud risk out there? And what are the keys to meeting the threat and mitigating the mounting risk? So coming up in just a minute, another candid conversation about PAC banking with Mike Richardson, SVP, Chief Commercial Banking Officer at Chainbridge Bank. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And I want to take a moment to offer a quick word here on the upcoming NABPAC activity. The conference agenda for All Systems Go is out, and the full-day event will include a terrific and diverse collection of speakers, including keynote speaker Dara Lindenbaum, who's the chairwoman of the FEC. The registration is open. You all probably know that. Your chair is reserved. So join the keynote conversation on the state of the Federal Election Commission, recent rulings, and the ways business PACs can interact with their regulators. And as I bring you in here, Mike Richardson, let me start by thanking Chainbridge Bank for once again sponsoring the NABPAC conference and specifically the keynote luncheon with the FEC Chairman Lindenbaum that I just mentioned. Adam, definitely appreciate the chance to be with you here. And we're excited uh, about the conference coming up. We feel like it's going to be a nice follow-up to the great event we had last year, uh, which was the first time we'd gotten everybody together uh, since pre-COVID. I think there's a buzz out there. There's a lot of new pieces that everybody needs to be aware of and take note of to not take for granted uh, as we roll into what is going to be a very hectic and busy 2024 election season. Oh, absolutely. And Mike, I'd be remiss if I didn't welcome you back to the number one pack podcast in America. And as you just heard me say, I have promised our listeners a candid conversation with you about pack banking and a briefing on the new risks. So let me just start with the question. Is AI part of the new banking risk? And, and from your perspective, how are fraudsters using it, Mike? Yeah, Adam, this is really in, in a quick period of time, it, literally the last 18 months to two years, we have seen an explosion of AI. It's not just all about chat GPT and how you can use it to find things or do things for you. This is probably the most sophisticated fraud engineering scheme that we've seen in the financial services world to date. These generative AI programs can go out and scrape the internet, uh, especially social media sites to craft a near identical likeness of who they consider a marked person such as a decision maker or a finance person in an organization. And then the perpetrator only needs about 10 seconds of video and audio footage of someone to go and create an image and voice mask that could then carry out a scam, duping 
other people of, of their organization or the bank itself to then go into fraud an account. So uh, this is an emerging threat and, and one where the technology seems way far ahead of the good guys trying to combat it and ensure that the integrity of accounts and organizational fiduciary responsibility are main in check. Yeah, when we come together as NABPAC in all of the different ways that we do, you hear anecdotally from people like, you know, we got clipped or we have been dealing with an issue. But to me, it's a whole nother story when I hear a senior officer at an institution that so many in our space depend on coming forward and saying, I've seen it. This is real. Yeah. You know, this is, this is something that, uh, people used to laugh it off as, Oh, it's deep fakes. You see in ads or. Somebody spoofing somebody. Well, well, now we've seen it t- gone to another level of being a criminal enterprise where you're, you know, it's not just name image likeness for college athletes. It's name image likeness where somebody can then use your voice and in, in your face to then act as you to scam a, an organization out of thousands of dollars. And many times this is coming from foreign actors. We have seen international fraud where groups would bounce from multiple IP addresses in, in different countries to try to get you off the scent. And now as they use this AI technology to, in essence, put on your voice and likeness, it makes it that much more difficult to trace the, the origins and make sure that the integrity of, of financial records and the funds that you're a custodial of maintain in check. To put it in perspective, that link in an email that you shouldn't have clicked or you're not really sure who's sending. Now suddenly imagine a scenario where people have been able to ascertain who are the critical people within your organization or your PAC structure and a phone call comes in and it sounds very much like the person that you report to or somebody who's a leader in the group and you're having a full-fledged, honest-to-God conversation that seems absolutely appropriate and normal and yet there's fraud here. I guess just knowing that it can happen, it obviously leads to this question of best defense. It boils down to internal controls. There's only so much a bank can do or any financial institution can do. you got to be your own best defense. What we've seen a lot, emails get spoofed. A lot of times it's easy to recognize that, but a lot of times it's not. And they're becoming more and more sophisticated with how they will prey upon organizations because they feel like, hey, you know, groups take for granted that they have network monitoring and firewalls in place to protect their systems. But as we've seen, that's just not enough, right? It's like merely having a, a speed limit sign, but no cameras to catch those folks flying and weaving down the road like they do on 295, right? Yeah. Um, we've seen a huge increase in fraud groups infiltrating email systems, working to find patterns, identifying financial contacts, then manipulating invoices or, or spoofing a colleague's email to direct a finance person to you know make a payment. Sometimes uh, a group that they've never done before, but because it's coming from a higher up, questions aren't asked. And the internal control has got to be, if this doesn't feel right, or if there's something out of the blue that you weren't expecting, stop, hit the pause button, ask questions, call that person up, go down and see them if they're in the office, right? Uh, and so there's there's got to be mechanisms in place. And yes, it means there's extra work involved. It is. But it's extra work on the front end to avoid a whole lot of headaches and potential financial loss on the, on the other side. You know, I can, I can you know, refer to, to two specific cases where we saw in the 22 cycle where we had a couple of clients who were victims in this way. 
where their email systems were hacked. And the groups preyed upon certain people as they saw the patterns of, okay, well, they, this person sends requests to this other person. They're never really verified. We're going to get, just uh, pretend to be these people and, and send a false invoice in and tell them, hey, this needs to get paid. We're behind on this. In both these instances, completely separate organizations, different players involved in, in each case, both sent six-figure payments out to what wound up being fraudulent accounts. And this led to investigations in an effort to try to recover part of those losses. But once once funds are sent, it's really hard to call them back because the perpetrators, the fraudsters are out there waiting to see that money hit the account that they've seized and they move it out as soon as it's, it's there. That is a sobering example. And I think most people who are with us on the facts about PACs are shaking their heads and thinking, oh, my God. I mean, how many times does something like that happen in our organization that is normal? So spotting something that is abnormal is going to take a lot more heightened effort. You said the words internal controls, which means having the right protocols and the right procedures. But doesn't it really come down to doing spot checks and being familiar with what you're looking at, like checking accounts on a regular basis? It scares me when I hear clients say, well, we check our balance once a month to just see what's cleared. I was like, no, 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 no. Especially groups in the public affairs space. One, because of just the volume of transactions that, that fly around. But two, Unfortunately, the FEC mandates that the banking relationship has to be public record on your FEC Form 1, right? So you're an automatic target. So you've got to be vigilant and do your own due diligence in ensuring that you maintain the integrity and safety of the funds that you're a custodian of for, you know, especially on employee packs, trade group packs, you name it, right? And so there needs to be some internal controls in place where certain people are tasked with, okay, we're going to verify payment information as it comes in, not just accept it on face value. We're going to have somebody go in and spot check our account each day. Doesn't take two or three minutes. You log in, see what is cleared, see if anything is is out of sorts. If you outsource your financial ops to a pack management vendor, hold them accountable as well. Touch base with them on a regular basis. Say, hey, we would we'd like to see uh, you know a weekly update on what has come through the account if they're tasked with doing such. And, you know, anything you can do to more frequently check the activity um, and protect the, the information that you have in terms of, all right, where are payments going? Uh, have we confirmed that, that this change of, of payment is, is accurate? Have we called to, uh, to verify this with the, this vendor? Uh, don't just take anything for granted because the, the, the frauds are out there. Uh, they are looking for high volume groups uh, where they know payments are going to be going out on a regular basis. And, and that unfortunately puts PAC community uh, as a direct target. There's a lot of movement between the ranks in, in PAC organizations. People are there for a couple of years and then they, they look for the next opportunity. Well, while people are, are together, while they're on a set team, you're all wearing the same jersey. Everybody needs to be held accountable to take ownership of their individual roles, right? Because they've got to look out, not just for their, whatever their own agendas may be, but also they've got to be, you know, a key player in this, the overall success of the PAC, their organization, uh, to 
hit the mark in being good stewards, taking care of the mission of, of their pack, ensuring that they have the right measures and, and controls in place to carry out day to day and ensure that they are one, mitigating potential fraud, but also two, that they're doing right by their members. I want to channel my inner Michaela Isler here because if she were with us today, she'd be pointing out a through line. David Schild said last week with regard to crisis communications, this idea that you don't want to meet the person who's going to guide you through a crisis once it's already begun. And to me, that sounds a lot like your admonition about team building, about having these conversations, about bringing people together, feeling comfortable with one another and your vendors or your bank. You don't want to start that when there's trouble. You want to make this a bit of muscle memory, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's it's investing the time and effort to build rapport, build relationships on the front end. A lot of people just want to say, okay, we just need to check a few boxes here and everybody understands their role. Expectations are there. But are they really? Right. Have you have you truly looked under the hood? Does everybody is everybody understand the blueprint? Is everybody on the same page as to what they're looking for from each other? Do you appreciate the talent around you? both internally as well as your external vendor partners, be they your bank or your pack management group? And how can you make sure that there's a level of of mutual accountability, definitely a level of trust and respect there, and everybody can lift each other to reach a higher level of success? For people who are really interested in wanting to talk more about this, or at least get another gut check in a conversation with you, are you going to be open to talking to folks about this and other questions in November? Yeah, me and my colleague Brad Ward will be at the NADPAC conference on November the 1st. I want to encourage everybody, if you hadn't already, get your ticket. We look forward to seeing you there. Chainbridge is thrilled to have the opportunity to serve as the keynote sponsor for the FEC chairwoman. Brad and I are looking forward to being on site, being a resource, having conversations with all the NADPAC members. So please seek us out if we can be of any help uh, with any questions you have, be they banking related general economics and, and finance questions or any any other way that we can be of, of assistance. Uh, that's what we're here for. A more sincere offer of counsel and conversation. You will not hear Mike Richardson, Senior Vice President, Chief Commercial Banking Officer at Chainbridge. Thanks for giving us a, a gut check on the state of play in PAC banking. Hey, Adam, always appreciate the chance to be here with you and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. And thanks to everybody downloading and sharing. Subscribe. Meet us right back here on the number one PAC podcast in America. The facts about PACs.